You may know your IQ, but what is your EQ? And how might that affect the safety of your flight operation? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. This week's podcast is brought to you by Whiting Aviation Park. Ready to grow your business in Santa Rosa County, Florida. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. We've seen so many advances over the years in technology and training practices across our industry, including in our understanding of how human factors affect our ability to perform a given task safely. That includes examining how our emotional intelligence impacts our personal well-being and our ability to relate to others. Now, emotional intelligence, what some call EQ, is not a new idea. NASA first identified the principles behind emotional intelligence in the late 1970s as a necessary part of crew resource management. However, the idea didn't really take hold beyond the aerospace community until the early 2000s. That's when Harvard University behavioral scientist and author Daniel Goleman conducted studies on the effects of EQ in the business world. We can also apply that same thinking to aviation, which brings us to our guest today. Sonny Bates is CEO of the industry safety and security risk management firm Wyvern, and Jim Spigener serves as chief client officer for global safety consultants Decra OSR. Along with their colleague Bill Koch of Koch Leadership Coaching, Jim and Sonny authored the study Emotional Intelligence, Psychological Safety, and Safety Culture. Sonny, thanks to you and Jim for joining me today. Your study built off the five aspects of emotional intelligence that Goleman identified in his research. What are those five areas and how do they relate to each other? The five uh, aspects of emotional intelligence include uh, self-awareness. Now, these don't come in any specific order, like one's more important than the other, but uh, self-awareness is is one of them. And it's about really uh, knowing your emotional state and how that's affecting others around you. The next element is self-regulation. Once you're aware, and so this is kind of a building on that first one, once you're aware of your own emotional state, can you regulate your emotional state so that you can most effectively control the, the outcome that you're looking for? You know, if, uh, if you're trying to stay calm, which most of the time you would want to as a leader, uh, you want to, others around you to stay calm so that you can think through situations in a more effective uh, manner. Then there's um, motivation, and this is basically asking yourself um, continually, why do I do what I do? What motivates me to do what I do? What, what kind of uh, emotional state do we need right now? You know, it's not always best to be calm. Sometimes you need to have a high emotional state so you can rally people to achieve a goal. So you have to consider what, what kind of situation am I in? What am I doing for a living? Why do I do it? And what motivates me? And, and then how can I maybe get that motivation and, and project that onto other people so that they can succeed as well. Then empathy is another aspect. You know, w- without empathy, it's really hard to effectively have a relationship with others. You know, they're going through struggles. If, if, uh, if you as a leader or a colleague are, are showing a lack of empathy, uh, they're going to realize that. Um, so you know, having empathy and knowing that you have empathy or what to what degree do you have empathy? You know, sometimes we could have too much empathy and, and we really um, take on the other person's burden to the degree where now we're both down. So uh, having empathy to the degree where you can understand what they're going through so that you can help them as a colleague or, or maybe as, as, as a leader in the organization. And finally, your social skills. 
which, you know, the, again, if you were rank ordering these, um, I, you know, some might argue, well, th this is the most important, you know, without social skills, what is all this about? And so your, your social skills are, are important attribute to, to emotional intelligence. Uh, to, to what degree do you understand body language? To what degree do you use body language? To what degree do you listen? And, and to what degree do you look for feedback when you're communicating? So these the social skills uh, and the other four elements all intertwine in your question, how they interact with each other. You can see how one by themselves is not enough for, for having a, a balanced set of skills for emotional intelligence. You, re you really need all five of these. And um, I, I think that um, the self-awareness basically interplays with all of them. If, if you're not self-aware of your emotional state, it's really hard to be an effective communicator. It's really difficult to, to, to show that empathy. And, and it's really um, almost impossible to self-regulate if you don't have self-awareness. So I think it kind of starts with self-awareness at that point. And, and to, to become self-aware, I think that, you know, uh, organizations and individuals could use a good dose of training in this regard. Of course, those traits are all qualities of effective leadership as well. Jim, when researching this study, what were some of the commonalities you found among emotionally intelligent organizations? And how apparent were those traits when on the outside looking in? The thing that arises in most cases in the work that I've done uh, over the years is that in the end, what you're trying to get to is a company that has a true learning orientation. Having a company that doesn't jump to blaming. So if you look at the five aspects of emotional intelligence, what the end result of that is, is a true learning organization, an organization that has the objective and goal to learn and become better and better and better at having an environment where the employees can be successful and don't fall into traps. So that to me is the biggest aspect that comes out of having leaders who have high levels of EQ is those leaders are able to create a true learning environment in their organizations, a culture that values having a culture that wants to go blame people and doesn't truly learn from its mistakes and be able to integrate those learnings into the culture. So how does emotional intelligence relate to creating a culture of safety in a business aviation flight operation? Does EQ drive that process, Sonny, or does emotional intelligence result from those efforts? Well, that's, that's a really good question. We look at just culture and safety culture and learning culture and informed culture all kind of combined together in these different attributes to, to describe overall safety culture. So the way we look at it at Wyvern when we're looking at safety culture in an organization, we use international standards for that. And, and there currently are some really good international guidance standards on just and safety culture. So when we look at safety culture, just as was described, that culture needs to be just. But that culture also needs to be aware and and, and you really can't be aware in an organization if people are afraid to speak. So uh, a big part of a, a, a safety culture is, is having the psychological safety in your organization where people are not afraid to speak up. They're not afraid of their colleagues, you know, giving them a hard time if, if, for, if what they say is not understood, if what they say doesn't seem to be, you know, on target. Um, so uh, to have psychological safety, to be that freedom to speak up without the fear and any, any kind of retribution requires everybody in the organization that's participating to, to have a healthy level of emotional intelligence. And um, so the safety culture of an organization needs to look at these different attributes uh, 
for information gathering so that they can learn and awareness and all these kind of different attributes uh, that, are, that are soft skills. And, and this is what we're seeing in today's field where operators feel like that they've reached a certain level of professionalism and they ask, well, what more can we do? We have the resources in both uh, people and equipment and software and hardware. Uh, what can we do? And this is where we're exploring now the, the soft skills uh, domain of emotional intelligence, psychological safety. So the question is, does pursuing a safe culture result in emotional intelligence or does the pursuit of emotional intelligence result in safety culture? I would argue that the pursuit of emotional intelligence will lift safety culture. That if you just do a pure pursuit on safety culture, you might not ever uncover the need to dive into emotional intelligence training and, and, and emotional intelligence improvement. So I, I would be a proponent of saying focus strong on emotional intelligence so that you can have the psychological safety in your organization, which will lift your safety culture. I would agree with Sonny on that. And I, I think also there's, there's another element, and that is value. So I, I find that if someone's going to take on something like emotional intelligence and or strive to have a real safety culture. It starts with leaders who have a very strong value for human life and for people. And that's what drives them to pursue these tools and these notions of just culture and learning. In other words, in the pursuit of protecting human life and the sanctity of human life, they're willing to exert a lot of effort and a lot of resources to do the kinds of things that will achieve that. And, and I firmly believe that you will never get to the level of safety culture that you want if you don't have emotionally intelligent leaders. Coming up, we'll discuss how EQ directly relates to the aviation environment. But first, a word from our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Ready to grow your business? Whiting Aviation Park can help you take off. Here, you can develop up to 200 acres for manufacturing, maintenance, repair, or overhaul operations adjacent to NAS Whiting Field. With access to its 6,000-foot runway, you'll be able to reach high and go far from Santa Rosa County, Florida, home to a large, skilled, military-trained workforce. If you're serious about growing your business, learn more about the incentives waiting for you at whitingaviationpark.com. We're back now with Jim Spigener and Sonny Bates and our discussion about emotional intelligence, EQ, and its relationship with business aviation safety. Jim, before the break, we discussed how EQ helps drive a culture of safety. Let's now look at the other side of that coin. How might a lack of emotional intelligence negatively affect that culture? So I'll give you an example of it to describe it. I was working with an aviation company. They fly helicopters. And two pilots almost landed on the wrong landing spot. And those two pilots spoke up and said, you know, it's really easy when we're going out here because these two landing spots look exactly alike from from the air, from the approach that we always take generally. And we almost landed on the wrong one and they got in trouble for that. And because I was working with them at the time, the scuttlebutt from the other pilots is, man, what kind of idiot were you to speak up about that? You didn't actually land in the wrong place. And all you did was get yourself in trouble. And I went back to the CEO of that company and said, man, I'm going to tell you, you're setting yourself up for a real problem here. You're not going to be able to understand what do you need to do to make it less likely that they will mistake those two approaches. And he got it. So 
I, I, I contend that unless you have good emotional intelligence and leaders have empathy and they have self-awareness about how their actions and their words are going to affect the actions of others, then you just you set yourself up for a surprise versus the opportunity to learn and get better. Sonny, I'm sure you've seen examples of this as well. We have, and, and, and we do, and we'll continue to. We have organizations that reach out to us and say, we have a problem, can you come visit? And before I even know what the problem is, I know it's going to deal with conflict, some kind of conflict, and the organization's inability to navigate through that conflict in a constructive way. And if you think about that in its purity, that's really life. I mean, you know, life is we set goals and our ego says, well, I'm going after that goal. But then our colleagues and our, our family, our friends, other people have their goals, too. And when they cross grains and they really aren't in tune with each other, they're not in harmony, conflict is bound to exist. And, and then how, we na- how do we navigate in that, that area of conflict makes all the difference in the world. So we go on site, and, and one of the examples I'll, I'll give, like my friend Jim here, we're on site, and I'm talking to the director of aviation. I said, what's the problem? And he says, the problem is these people think that they can do this and this and this, and I'm sick of it, and, you know, they keep messing up, and I'm just going to fire them. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. And he was angry. I mean, just the opening meeting, he was angry. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of emotion built up here. So as I go and I talk to the other managers in the department, they all tell me the same story. Our director of aviation is a very smart person. He's, uh, he's very technically astute. He, he knows the industry, and other, but, he, but he, he's a hothead. And he, and, he, and he gets angry very easy, and we're afraid to speak up because when we do, he says, straighten up or I'm going to fire you. And so we don't speak up. And so they were hiding things, all kinds of stuff, whether it be maintenance problems, they weren't talking about them. They, they weren't talking about operational problems, like Jim indicated there with, with the helicopter. They, they were just afraid to talk. And so when I came back and talked to the director at the, at the end of my rounds interviewing everybody, I said, do you realize people are afraid to talk to you? And he said, yes. And I said, well, if you know this, then why don't you change your behavior? And he said, well, they should change their behavior to fit my style. And I said, well, I, th- I think maybe, you know, have you taken any courses in, in effective communication, leadership? And, so, and he, not, he had no training whatsoever in uh, leadership, management, effective communication, emotional intelligence. These were all foreign ideas to him. He, he just wanted to lead with that heavy-handed approach and felt like that if people didn't think like he did, they, de- they deserved to work somewhere else. And, and I was like, wow, you know. So it was an interesting uh, way to, to have to approach this. And, and, and as, as Jim indicated, then you find yourself talking to corporate and saying, you know, I think this person could benefit from some training. And so we, our company, we're not headhunters. We don't go in and say, this guy's terrible, a leader, you need to fire him. We, we say this person would really benefit from this kind of training. And so th- that leader stayed on, got the training he needed, circled back with me later and said, I really thank you for that. That was a wake-up call. I needed a good dose of learning what empathy is all about. I needed a good dose of knowing what listening is all about. That brings up an interesting point because, let's face it, aviation definitely attracts its share of type A personalities with well-developed opinions of ourselves. But it sounds like a key aspect of emotional intelligence is not only accepting that we're not always going to be the smartest one in the room, but perhaps even embracing that as an opportunity to learn from others. Sonny, what is the relationship between emotional intelligence and ego, and can the two coexist in helping leaders to manage more effectively? You know, until we had this podcast, I never really thought of this dimension to the degree that, that you're forcing me to. So thanks for the question, first of all. I, I think they both are uh, ego and emotional intelligence are directly connected. It's like there's a hot wire between the two. Once a person becomes self-aware and they learn to regulate, 
I think, in fact, what they're doing is affecting their ego. Their own ego is, is going to have to manage that own internal conflict of what if I'm wrong? Oh, won't that be embarrassing? Well, if you understand what we're trying to achieve here, and I'll just make it simple. I don't want to go on with a dissertation. But I, but I think the ego needs a good dose of what are we doing here? And I think if the, the ego was fed a good dose of your job is to be a servant, to be a good leader, your job is to serve this company. Your job is to serve your colleagues. Your job is to make sure that you help each and every person that you interface with on a daily basis become a better human being. And what that means is you need to step it down, ego, and you need to listen and be a loving person that really cares about other people. Once you're able to do that with your ego, I think the ego becomes less the enemy and more the friend in the emotional intelligence dynamic. Jim, your thoughts? I think Sonny's uh, right about that. I, I, so I have not run into anyone in high leadership positions in any company ever who didn't have a big ego. That's what gets them there. The trick is, does your ego run you or do you manage your ego? And, you know, in the emotional intelligence world, the self-awareness thing, when you find someone's ego running rampant, it's usually a lack of self-awareness and it's a lack of empathy. I have a term for that. I, some people are self-centered and others are centered in themselves. In other words, they really understand themselves. I believe that giving people emotional intelligence training and coaching people to the behaviors that they really need to be doing. So the emotional intelligence training is great training, uh, but there, I think to follow that up with coaching of a lot of these people, a lot of these guys it's, it's almost like trying to teach someone to play golf in a classroom. That'll get you so far. But if you really want someone to improve their, their golf game, they really need some what I call field coaching. And a lot of these leaders with these egos, they've been doing this for a long time in a particular way. And, you know, making them self-aware, if you will, of what's going on is really helpful to them. But what really changes them and what really get, helps them get their ego in check is is some coaching along the lines of what behaviors do they start doing in order to be able to recognize the changes that they need to make. That sounds like great advice to anyone working on in our industry, whether they're in a leadership role now or aspiring to become a leader in the future. Do you have any additional advice, Jim, for employees or managers who want to increase their own EQ and perhaps even help influence the emotional intelligence of their flight departments and companies? One of the things that I think is really critical that's missing in a lot of organizations is feedback. So I do a lot of 360 degree feedback for leaders, you know, I, and I do it in several ways. One, there's a really good diagnostic instrument out there for doing it around leadership best practices, which, which are all embedded with the EQ stuff. All of this stuff is the same, really, if you really get down to it. You're not going to be a good leader unless you have EQ. But what's missing is the self-awareness piece. So one is being, you know, aware in the moment, but the other is getting feedback on what kind of stuff have you done in the past. So Sonny described a leader that was a hothead and he went in and he talked to a lot of people and he was able to come back and deliver something to this leader that wasn't emotionally charged. It was, hey, look, here are the things that I'm hearing out there and here are the impacts of those things. And so I think what's missing for a lot of leaders is they're blind. They truly are blind. And it's not their fault because they've been successful. It's been work. Their style has been working for them. 
but they don't really understand the impact their behaviors are having on the organization. And if you can get a leader some really honest, anonymous feedback with examples of the ways the behaviors that they're executing and the ways those behaviors are impacting the organization, that almost creates a burning platform for that leader. And it's almost like wiping the tar off your windshield. You can now see. And before you were in your little bubble in your little cocoon and you were operating and things were great. So my advice to leaders, I don't care how good you think you are, you really don't realize the impact you might be having on people. And so getting feedback on that impact is probably the most, I guess, relieving thing that I think a leader and helpful thing a leader can do. Sonny, to change up that question a bit, what advice do you have for a high EQ employee in perhaps dealing with a supervisor or manager who may not share some of the qualities of an emotionally intelligent individual? In situations where, you know, a person uh, dealing with a boss maybe that has some challenges in the emotional intelligence domain, what can they do? I think what they can do, and one of the best things that we can do, is, is know two things in life uh, and at work. And one is, we all have expectations. Whether we admit them explicitly or not, we have expectations. And when those expectations are not being met, we feel a little odd or, or, or our emotional uh, attachment might be, by, might be strong in, in this regard. And so, two questions. What are your expectations? What are the expectations of others? And if they're different, what, what's the end result? And the end result typically is we have a conversation and, and, uh, and we get back in harmony in the best way possible. But when that doesn't happen, we have conflict. So the two things are understanding expectations in the environment you're working in with others. And the other one is when those aren't uh, lined up and it leads to conflict, how do you manage through conflict? And there, there's specific tools out there that you can use for conflict management. And so the sooner you address the conflict, the better. You, you address a low-level conflict, then it gets it off the table before it becomes a big conflict. Let's handle that conflict when it's low. There's a fair amount of information out there about EQ, including in the July-August 2020 technology issue of NBAA's Business Aviation Insider magazine. That includes an article about the study we've discussed today and about the relationship between emotional intelligence and business aviation safety. That issue can be found at nbaa.org forward slash BAI. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Thanks again to our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park. And remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan. <laughs>